Now, he was talking properly in that verse to the nation of Israel. Paul now applies it to whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul now is acknowledging that in this world, there are a lot of desolate places. There's a lot of destruction. There's a lot of hurt. And Jesus has come to bring salvation. Jesus has come to help us. Jesus has come to preserve us. Jesus has come to make us his covenant people. Jesus has come to restore that which the wicked one has tried to destroy. As it was for Israel in the Old Testament and the church of the New Testament, people still tend to put off that day of salvation. Paul said, now is the time. Isaiah said, now is the time. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Today we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I titled this, right from the passage from verse 2, now is the acceptable time. Kind of highlighted that is. If not now, when? Now is the acceptable time. The last time we were in uh, 2 Corinthians, it was prior to the shoulder surgery. For those who are watching on Facebook Live, you see that I'm in a sling. I'll be this way for a few more weeks. But in that message, we learned... And we looked at 2 Corinthians 5, 12 through 21. We, the title of the message, again, taken from the passage, from Scripture, New Creations, we learn in verses 12 and 10 that we have an opportunity to boast. And boasting about Jesus may seem strange to the world, but to like-minded believers, it really seems that we are of sound mind. And so when we talk about Jesus with some people in this world, they might think that, Maybe we need to report this guy. Maybe we need to report this gal. But when we are among believers, we know that what we are talking about is true. It seems as if we are of sound mind. We also learn in verses 14 and 15 that love compels. And we are to allow love, the love of Christ, which has saved us to also compel us to live for his glory. In verses 16 and 17, for if anyone is in Christ, what a wonderful verse. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. 
Behold, all things are new. And it's only through believing and receiving the Jesus of the incarnation, he who is fully man and fully God, that there is truly transformational power to change our lives. And we closed out in verses 18 through 21, a word of reconciliation. And we learned there that the only way that we might become the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, Paul is going to pick up on this final point of chapter five. Remember when he wrote the letter, he did not have chapter breaks. He did not have verses. It was just a continual thought as he moves from chapter five for us to chapter six. He gives us this sense of urgency, urgency to preach the gospel, urgency to receive the message of the gospel. And if now is not the acceptable time to receive Jesus. What time is? I have never seen in our nation's history a more sense of urgency to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out. So now is the acceptable time. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to see in verses 1 and 2 the acceptable time, the point there. Second, we're going to look at commended in all things, verses 3 through 10, and then 11 through 18, we'll close out with a call to holiness. I'm going to read our first point, verses 1 and 2, and open us in prayer. The Word of God tells us, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you, not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Father, we pray that you would now bless the teaching of your word. And Father, I pray that if there are still those, Lord, who are still waiting for that right time, they're thinking maybe tomorrow I'll give my heart to Jesus. But Lord, you're calling on them today. I pray, Lord, that today would be that acceptable time. Lord, we know that you are ready to receive anyone. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I pray, Lord, that you would change hearts. Change hearts, Lord, in this congregation, whether watching on Facebook or listening on WLGS. Change hearts, Lord, that those who do not know you might be saved. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we begin with the acceptable time, and we learn in verse 1 that the grace of God is there and working and is available. And so Paul's saying, we then as workers together with him, the we then as workers together with him, well, this takes us back to chapter 5, verses 20 and 21, where Paul declared that we are ambassadors for Christ. So we then as workers together with him, 2 Corinthians 5.20, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Therefore, as workers together with God, with Christ, they pleaded with the Corinthians to not receive the grace of God in vain. Now, Paul wrote, 
to the believers who were in the church at Corinth. So he understood that he was writing to a group of believers. But as we looked at on Wednesday night, we discover that whenever the church gathers together, quite often there are both believers and unbelievers gathered there. And so first, in almost every church, we know that both believers and unbelievers attend. So Paul, his appeal here seems to to say to be reconciled to God. It's not to the believers saying be reconciled to God, but to the unbelievers. Thus, he pleaded with them to receive the grace of God by receiving the gift of God that has been made available to us through the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. The grace of God in vain would mean that you have rejected that gift. Jesus has paid the price. All we need to do is receive the gift. In Titus 2, verses 11 through 14, the Bible tells us, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good work. The blessed hope, the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ, that great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus has paid the price. God's grace is now available to whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So first of all, I believe Paul is speaking to the unbelievers who perhaps will one day read this letter. But I also believe that as in the first century church, as it is to this day, that there are those within the church, like in the first century churches, it was the Judaizers. It was Jewish believers who taught the Gentiles that in order to truly be saved, It was faith in Jesus plus works, faith in Jesus plus circumcision, faith in Jesus plus worshiping on the Sabbath day. Whatever the plus was, they had a number of laws. And to this day, like the Judaizers of Paul's day, there are churches who continue to teach a different gospel. They teach faith in Jesus plus church membership. My dad, before he got saved, was attending a church in the town that I grew up in. And he asked the pastor as he was leaving one day, he said, what do I need to do? And the pastor said, well, you need to join the church. And my dad said, I knew that that was not the right answer. For dad, it was wrong answer. And he found another church. He found another church that where the evangelist told him what he needed to do. And he went forward to receive Jesus Christ as his savior. Galatians 2.21 says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. We cannot set aside the grace of God. Righteousness does not come through the law, 
only in the sense that only Jesus was able to fulfill every aspect of the law. And in the fulfillment of that law, he gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins. So today, it is by grace we have been saved, through faith, not of works, lest any one of us should boast. So salvation has been made available to us through the grace of God, God's grace alone. For it is God, 2 Corinthians 5.21, who made himself, who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. It is because of the work of Jesus upon the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, that we are able to be reconciled with God through God's amazing grace. Second, he speaks about the day of salvation in verse 2, saying, In an acceptable time I have heard you. In the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Paul takes this from Isaiah 49, verse 8, where he connects this messianic prophecy to that of Jesus Christ, where in Isaiah 49, Isaiah speaks about God's servant three times. If you read through Isaiah 49, he refers to God's servant three times. He is called the Redeemer of Israel. He is called the Holy One. He is called the Servant of the Rulers, all there in Isaiah 49. So this is a prophecy that not only foretells of God's servant, the Messiah coming to the earth to bring about restoration to the nation of Israel. But then in verse 6 of Isaiah 49, it says this, that you, referring to his servant, the Holy One, the uh, Redeemer, that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. So God's Redeemer, the Messiah that he sent forth, Jesus Christ, not just for Israel only, but whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Isaiah 49, 8, the whole verse reads this. In an acceptable time, I have heard you. In the day of salvation, I have helped you. I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages. Now he was talking properly in that verse to the nation of Israel. Paul now applies it to whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul now is acknowledging that in this world there are a lot of desolate places. There's a lot of destruction. There's a lot of hurt. And Jesus has come to bring salvation. Jesus has come to help us. Jesus has come to preserve us. Jesus has come to make us his covenant people. Jesus has come to restore that which the wicked one has tried to destroy. As it was for Israel in the Old Testament and the church of the New Testament, people still tend to put off that day of salvation. Paul said, now is the time. Isaiah said, now is the time. And many unbelievers will say, maybe tomorrow I will give my heart to Jesus. 
Yet when tomorrow comes, for many, no true commitment ever comes. You know, a boy of seven years old in my mom and dad's church, it was my church too. It's a church I grew up in as a young boy. It's a church I got saved in. And that happened when I was seven years old. And it was at a week-long revival meeting where the evangelist gave a message. He gave an invitation and he called for people to come forward. And I was convicted. And I remember at seven years old, I told the Lord, tomorrow. Now for me, tomorrow did come. I think if the Lord wouldn't have prodded my heart, I would have sat through the service on the next day. But he gave me a little prick, a little kick. Let's go, John. And I followed through. And I'm so thankful that I followed through. God had put a strong call upon my heart. And I made the same excuse that so many have. Saying, Lord, I'll answer that call tomorrow. I am so thankful I followed through with that promise. It was really Christ who followed through. He gave me the courage to follow through. From that day forward, I've given my heart to Jesus. One of our founding fathers here in the United States, Benjamin Franklin, he said this, and you guys know this quote. You probably, parents, you probably have said this to your children. I'm just thinking maybe you've used it before. Don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. It's pretty easy, right? If you can do it today, why not do it today? This is especially true when it comes to salvation. The Bible says, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Hebrews 3, 12 and 13 tells us, Beware, brethren, lest there should be any of you who have an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Therefore, exhort one another daily while it is called today, right here, right now, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. There's the danger. You put it off until tomorrow. And every time you do that, your heart grows a little harder. And then you become in danger, as it says in Hebrews 3.13, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. There's that danger every time we put off a work of faith in our life. There's that danger of our hearts being hardened toward the work that God really intends and wants to do. So my challenge today, first and foremost, as we start this message, verses 1 and 2, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is no better time to do so than today. Please do not put it off until tomorrow. Paul said, we plead with you. I plead with you as well. In verses 3 through 10, I'm going to group these, and you'll notice in the grouping that there are three different prepositions used there in the groupings as we go through 2 Corinthians 6, verses 3 through 12. The prepositions in each grouping, the first is in, the second is by, the third is as. And he groups these several groupings in there. And so I was trying to do some really pastoral wordery. And I, I started off with 
many different uh, titles that I could give these three sections in our second point, Commended in All Things. And I went through a lot of, I wanted to have all C's, I wanted to have all P's, I wanted to have all S's, I ended up with all D's. And this is what I have. And the third one is kind of like, you might say, what? Here it is. Whether by difficulties, disciplines, or delusions, Paul and his ministry team did not want to bring any offense or blame that could hinder their testimony as ministers of Christ. Whether by difficulties, whether by disciplines or delusions. Let's look at the first verses three through five. The difficulties of God's ministers. We give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulation, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings. So the preposition in is used in each of these seven points. Now he begins, Paul, giving us, he really gives us a greater detail of the personal trials that came upon his life as an apostle of Christ later on in 2 Corinthians. But here in chapter 6, he gives here nine difficulties. I said seven. I meant nine. Nine difficulties that frequently they experienced as ministers of Christ. I believe the first is a key to having success in the others. Because he said, frequently, we went through these things in much patience. And I believe patience becomes the key of how we conduct ourselves through difficult seasons of our life. Because he goes on to talk about the other things that they had experienced. He said in tribulation, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings. Well, some of these difficulties that they experienced in the ministry were of their own doings. If they were fasting, nobody forced them to fast. If it's a true fast, that's something you do to draw close to God. But for stripes to be laid upon you, to be thrown into prison, to have a tumult rise up around you, well, that's something that's coming from the outside. Others are doing to you. That's why I said patience. Patience is a what? Virtue. You guys know it. It is truly a virtue because it helps us to function in this life. We learn today that we, the acceptable time in verses 1 and 2, that now is the acceptable time, no better time to give our heart to Jesus than today. If we've not done that, please don't put it off until tomorrow. Every time we put it off, our hearts get harder. That's the truth. Commended in all things, verses 3 through 10, we discovered whether by difficulties, disciplines, delusions that other people have toward us, may we always remain faithful to Jesus. In a call to holiness 
As the redeemed and adopted family of God, we are to walk as children of light in the darkness of this world. Now, not tomorrow, now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. So, Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, for the grace that you have given us. I pray, Lord, that if there are those, Lord, who want to give their heart to you as their Savior, that they would realize that today is that day, and all they have to do, Lord, is surrender their heart to say, Lord Jesus, to admit to you that they are sinners, to receive the gift of salvation, the price of their sin that you have paid through your work upon the cross, your death, burial, resurrection, your ascension back into heaven, that they would receive that gift, that they might be saved. It is my prayer, Lord, that no one hearing my voice today would put it off until tomorrow. Lord, forgive us if we have been restricted by our own affections. Lord, help us to set aside those worldly affections that we might live fully for you. It is our prayer this day in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.